Welcome to Keep the Faith Ministry. Keep the Faith brings you timely messages with in-depth spiritual analysis of current events in light of Bible prophecy so you can prepare for the coming of Jesus. Listen to what the news won't tell you. Here is another important message for our times. This is Pastor Hal Mayer. Dear friends, welcome to Keep the Faith Ministry once again. As we rapidly near the close of human probation, we need the assurance that Jesus is our guide, provider, and protector. As we look at another prophetic trend, we can be assured of his tender mercies for his people. If there is one thing that calms my soul, it is the knowledge of his deep love for me and his longing to have me where he is. The fearful time before us should make us trust him all the more. But before we begin our study, I want to say thank you for listening and for your prayers for me and your gifts. Your faithfulness has sustained us and will continue to sustain our work. They are very important right now at this time. So thank you again from the bottom of my heart. Let us pray. Father in heaven, as we open your word to shed light on our pathway, please fill us with your Holy Spirit. Help us to understand what is happening to our society and its prophetic destiny. Open our eyes to the nearness of Jesus coming and to see your plan for your our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. As we begin our study, I want to call your attention to the time in sacred history when God's judgments were poured out on Egypt. We are told in Patriarchs and Prophets, page 281, that the Hebrew slaves and the Egyptians were affected quite differently by the plagues. This manifestation of God's power had kindled faith in the hearts of the bondmen and had struck terror to their oppressors. So in the struggle that lies ahead, as it becomes clear that God's judgments are being poured out, the same effect will be felt. While they will kindle faith in God's people and increase anticipation of the second coming, they will kindle fear, terror, and anger in their enemies. Think about the seven last plagues, for instance. It will be terrible for the wicked, but God's people will be specially protected. But it will also be an almost overwhelming surprise, at least for the people who aren't studying the Bible prophecy. Here is a familiar statement from the Testimonies for the Church, Volume 8, page 28. Transgression has almost reached its limit. Confusion fills the world, and a great terror is soon to come upon human beings. The end is very near, 
We who know the truth should be preparing for what is soon to break upon the world as an overwhelming surprise. Doesn't that describe what we are experiencing right now? The great terror could be a disease, a disease more deadly than COVID-19, disasters, deadly riots, etc. What lies in the future? Will it ever get back to normal? Friends, if there is no intervention by forces seen and unseen, we are facing the direct overthrow of Western society. Right now, the attention is on riots in cities across America, Portland, Chicago, New York, and other places, and they're trying to destroy everything involving the justice system, the police, the prisons, even the rule of law. But it won't stop there. The peace and safety of your home and community will be violated unless they are specially protected. But there are protesters in various parts of the world all tending to break down and change Western societies. The rule of law is being broken down so that the rule of a dictator can be installed. And these strong actions, even dictatorial actions, will be seen as necessary to restore order. People will demand it. Freedom of speech, freedom of religion, and other fundamental freedoms will be lost, even in America. The precious document known as the U.S. Constitution is despised by many. And there are forces at almost every level and every branch of government that are seeking its demise. The United States will lead the world in apostasy from God and in its demise as a nation-state. First, though, let us consider what is the foundation of a prosperous society and a nation-state. Proverbs 14.34 says, Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. How do we know what sin is? The Bible says it. Sin is a transgression of the law, 1 John 3.4. Which law? The law of God. Where do we, do we find that law? We find it in the word of God. David equates God's word with his righteous commandments. May my tongue sing your word, for all your commands are righteous. Psalm 119, 72. So a nation prospers by hearing or allowing the free expression of the word of God. That's why freedom of speech is enshrined in the First Amendment of the Constitution. That's why it is under assault from secular forces. The Bible has been the basis of freedom and power in, of the nations that adopted its principles. It has also been the basis of the rise and prosperity of many nations, whether they are Protestant countries of Europe or those of the former British Empire or America. 
They all prospered and became powerful because of the Bible. That's why there is so much hatred toward the Bible, actually. Satan hates the Bible and the resulting prosperity, so he creates powerful forces that are opposed to God and his law that seek to change society into secularism, Marxism, fascism, or some other ism. As long as the Bible is still influential, he will be working for its overthrow. This is the essence of the great controversy, and many of God's people get distracted by the surface politics and movements. They endorse, if not by their action, in their hearts, the things that are not for their eternal salvation. These powerful forces are leading America and the West away from its founding principles and seek to destroy it. Its result will be similar to the destruction of Jerusalem. Jesus predicted the destruction of Jerusalem, saying, If thou hadst known even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. For the day shall come upon thee, that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee, encompass thee round, and keep thee in on every side, and shall lay thee even with the ground, and thy children within thee, and they shall not leave thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy salvation. That's Luke nineteen, forty-two to 44 The tears which Christ shed on Olivet, as he stood overlooking the chosen city, were not for Jerusalem alone. In the fate of Jerusalem, he beheld the destruction of the world. That's Christ's Object Lessons, page 302. And from Desire of Ages, from the fall of Jerusalem, the thoughts of Jesus passed to a wider judgment. In the destruction of the impenitent city, he saw a symbol of the final destruction to come upon the whole world. That's page 743. We are living in an age of great disconnect in which the very source of truth and prosperity is being rejected by many just like Jerusalem of old, before her devastating overthrow. You see the falsehood everywhere, and the result has been media lies and persistent chaos and destruction in some major cities. As the Spirit of God is being withdrawn, it will only get worse. America will completely overthrow its constitution. Friends, I hate to say it, but we are seeing an end of the American Republic right before our eyes. It will have a global effect. Listen to this familiar statement. When Protestantism shall stretch her hand across the gulf to grasp the hand of the Roman power, 
when she shall reach over the abyss to clasp hands with spiritualism, when under the influence of this threefold union, our country shall repudiate every principle of its constitution as a Protestant and Republican government, and shall make provision for the propagation of papal falsehoods and delusions, then we may know that the time has come for the marvelous working of Satan, and that the end is near. That's Testimonies for the Church, Volume 5, page 451. Protestantism has already stretched her hand across the gulf and is very ecumenical with Rome. America was foremost in liberty and freedom, and since the enemy hates liberty, especially religious liberty, he hates America. Now it's time for the next step in overthrowing the system of government so America, which figures so prominently in history of liberty and prophecy, can be stripped of its power and prestige. Yet at the same time, as he is creating animosity and chaos, the enemy is seeking to empower an opposing force, a religious force, that is not aligned with the principles of heaven. To oppose the secularization and destruction, this religio-political power will seek to impose worship laws contrary to God's law to restore America's stability. While seeking to uphold America, this threefold union will only lead the nation into deeper apostasy and irredeemably further away from its principles. Many people, and tragically many of God's people among them, don't see the connection of prosperity and freedom to the Protestant Bible and the U.S. Constitution. As a result, they imbibe the spirit of the age with its focus on worldliness and politics and sinful uh, practices, they have also for years refused to move out of the cities and their spiritual sensibilities are warped. They vainly think that we are going back to normal, but friends, we have reached a new level, something on the scale of 9-11 only bigger. When all things are changed forever, the calculus is different. But it hasn't happened by chance. The enemy has been systematically working to bring on the current set of circumstances for a long time. Most of the people living in the big cities are already trapped and don't even realize it. For years, they have been law-abiding citizens. They don't steal, commit adultery, or murder. They appreciate the laws of the land because they are a level of protection for their stuff and their persons. But now things have changed dramatically. Their possessions aren't safe anymore. They feel personally vulnerable. The dramatic increase 
in violent crime and theft is noticed by city residents and police alike. As the movement to defund police grows and police do less policing of their regular beats because of being diverted to riot control and because of budget cuts, etc., their possessions and their personal safety will also become more insecure and vulnerable. Minneapolis residents received an email from the police at the end of July that said that they should be prepared to be robbed. Be prepared to give up your cell phone and purse or wallet, the police said in their email. The email said citizens should listen to criminals and do as they say. The message also warned that some victims had been maced, dragged, assaulted, and th some threatened with a gun. Now this is from CBN. From Los Angeles to New York City. From Philadelphia to the San Francisco. The movement to defund police across the country is growing. This, as at least 12 others cities also brace for severe budget cuts not seen in more than a decade. The result, some say, is a spike in violence nationwide. In Texas, the state's governor warned that the cuts in police funding will pave the way for lawlessness. Violence is now erupting in other major cities across the country as well. In New York City, more than two dozen shootings occurred in less than 48 hours. In Philadelphia, a mass shooting at a block party injured three teens and two others. Shots were also fired at police officers. More than 60 shell casings from several weapons were found on the scene including rounds from an AR-15. On Sunday in Cincinnati, 18 people were shot, including four killed in four different incidents. Horrific and tragic that we have this much violence and potential for that much loss of life in our city, said Paul Newdigate, a spokesperson with Cincinnati's police department. All this is happening as a new study shows violence crimes are on the rise nationwide. Murder rates in 20 major cities have spiked by 37% between May and June of this year. Aggravated assaults also jumping by rough this, roughly the same number during this same period. Attorney General William Barr had some comments about the matter. I think some of it may be this pent-up aggression prompted by state and local quarantine orders, he said. I definitely feel a lot of it is due to the premature release of dangerous criminals by the courts and by prosecutors, and I also think it is related to the efforts we have recently seen to demonize the police, to defund their work.
And by the way, this rise in crime is mostly in inner cities, again disproportionately affecting black Americans. Defund police advocates like Black Lives Matter and Antifa don't seem to care about that effect. The violence won't be stopped by community policing, in spite of nice sound bites and platitudes spewed out by politicians and others who actually support the defund movement. Whatever the case, violence and chaos are on the rise. Like it was in the days of Noah, violence fills the earth. See Genesis 6, 11, and 13. But this is only one factor leading to the rapid demise of the current government system and its replacement with an autocratic system of government. There are worse things coming. Listen to this. In Louisville, Kentucky, the U.S. Customs and Border Protection, CBP, on June 26, seized a cache of 10,800 assault weapons parts being smuggled into the country. Smuggled, mind you. The importing of any type of munitions is regulated by the ATF, said Thomas Mann, Port Director, Louisville. This smuggler was knowingly trying to avoid detection. However, our officers remain vigilant, ensuring our community is safe. On the large package, the manifest stated it contained 100 steel pin samples in an obvious attempt to hide what was truly in the parcel. The package originated in Shenzhen, China. Is the community safe? Don't take the statement as it's meant to be understood, to calm your fears. Surely these smugglers are trying more than one package. If one gets confiscated, another will get through. They are trying many ways of getting weapons into the country. It's only a matter of time until groups like Antifa are weaponed up. And I wouldn't be surprised if Antifa in Europe is being weaponed up too. We saw the effect of smuggling in the powerful use of automatic assault weapons in recent terrorist attacks in Europe on the Charlie Hebdo newspaper and the Bataclan theater and other incidents. What would China be smuggling assault weapons parts into America for? I can't think of any legitimate reason. Could China be fomenting insurrection? The package was destined for a residence, of all places, in Melbourne, Florida, and was valued at $129,600. When everything is in place, we're going to see violence on a scale that will make a make Antifa's current tactics look like child's play. Friends, we are about to see unleashed on America a perfect storm of violence in the big cities as the takedown of government rapidly takes place. 
It is important to live in the country and follow God's counsel. He will keep his people safe, but only if they obey his counsel. That means to study God's word as if your life depended on it. Because it does. This is from the devotion book, That I May Know Him, page 196. It is the reading for July 9. When reading the Bible with humble, teachable heart, we are holding intercourse with God himself. The thoughts expressed, the precepts specified, the doctrines revealed are a voice from God, the God of heaven. The Bible will bear to be studied, and the mind, if not bewitched by Satan, will be attracted and charmed. The light which beams through the scriptures is the light from the eternal throne flashed down to the, this earth. All who make the word of God their God in this life will act from principle. Those who are vacillating, vain, and extravagant in dress, who are gratifying the appetite and following the promptings of the natural heart, will, in obeying the teachings of God's word, become balanced. They will devote themselves with an energy that never falters, and they will rise from one degree of strength to another, their character will be beautiful and fragrant and devoid of selfishness. They will make their way and be acceptable anywhere among those who love the love truth and righteousness. The psalmist prayed, Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. The Lord heard him, for how full of assurance are the words, how sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. That's Psalm 119.18 and 103 and 19.10. As the Lord heard and answered David, so he will hear and answer us, making our hearts full of gladness and rejoicing. That's what is needed in times like these. You are going to need peace when things get rough. You are going to need Jesus because you will face unprecedented events and strong opposition. Secular forces and those who promote Marxist teaching are targeting Christians because these forces are fundamentally opposed and hostile to the principles of righteousness. This might explain why so many governors have allowed protests without social distancing, but don't allow churches to meet. This speaks volumes about their real agenda. But listen to this statement from Desire of Age, Ages, page 306. Hearts that respond to the influence of the Holy Spirit are the channels through which God's blessings flow. Were those who serve God removed from the earth and His Spirit withdrawn from among men, this world would be left to desolation and destruction the fruit of Satan's dominion. 
Though the wicked know it not, they owe even the blessings of this life to the presence in the world of God's people whom they de despise and oppress. I listened to the California governor, Gavin Newsom, I think it was last March, telling of the wonderful state of California and how progressive they are and how it is leading the rest of the nation in certain economic indicators, like his $21 billion operating surplus, record low unemployment, etc., I felt like he was sneering at conservatives who oppose his liberal policies, and I thought about the deadly and destructive fires raging all over his state presently, just over five months later, or the terrible infernos in recent years that raised Napa Valley and Paradise in smoke and ashes. He would brush it off with some rationale, but he will one day recognize them, albeit reluctantly, as God's judgments on his state. In fact, this year, in one week, in mid-August, California had 11,000 lightning strikes, 370 wildfires, a pandemic, a heat wave, and, a rolling, and rolling blackouts. Hundreds of thousands of acres have burned, and tens of thousands of people have had to evacuate. One disaster is bad, two are worse, but the damage doesn't just double. This confluence of circumstances can seem like a series of independent misfortunes when in fact it is a tangle of loose contingencies, probably orchestrated by unseen supernatural forces. A single high-pressure system rolling in from the southwest initiated the heat wave and the thunderstorms, which together created conditions for the fires, which will likely both exacerbate and be exacerbated by the pandemic, which has diminished firefighting resources and, among, along with the heat wave, contributed to the blackouts by keeping people at home with their air conditioning on full blast. These overlapping disasters compound. It is more than one plus one, says Susan Cutter, a disaster researcher at University of South Carolina. To her knowledge, no one has quantified this synergy exactly, but it certainly affects the response, probably in exponential ways. But it isn't just California that has offended God with abortions and gay rights and gay marriage and other extremely sinful practices and policies. New York, Illinois, with its city of Chicago, Florida, with its Miami and Orlando, Nevada, with its two sinful cities of Las Vegas and Reno, Oregon, with Portland, Washington, with Seattle, and indeed, the whole country, to a greater or less degree, has been in defiance of God's holy law. And other nations, too. 
Australia, Britain, Germany, France, Italy, the papacy perversely called the Holy See, and the list goes on. These are all secular states, except the papacy, with many sinful policies. God is very long-suffering and very patient, but these nations, states, and cities are storing up wrath against the day of wrath. When it comes, it will be overwhelming. The judgments of God are being poured out, my friends. They are restrained at the moment, but they are nevertheless a warning. Listen to this statement from Great Controversy, page 627. When Christ ceases his intercession in the sanctuary, the unmingled wrath threatened against those who worship the beast in his image and receive his mark, Revelation 14, 9 and 10, will be poured out. The plagues upon Egypt when God was about to deliver Israel were similar in character to those more terrible and extensive judgments which are to fall upon the world just before the final deliverance of God's people. Says the revelator in describing those terrific scourges, there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon men which had the mark of the beast and upon them which worshipped his image. The sea became as blood of a dead man, and every living soul died in the sea, and the rivers and fountains of waters became blood. Terrible as these inflictions are, God's justice stands fully vindicated. The angel of God declares, Thou art righteous, O Lord, because thou hast judged thus. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. Revelation 16:2-6. By condemning the people of God to death, they have as truly incurred the guilt of their blood as if it had been shed by their hands. In like manner, Christ declared the Jews of his time guilty of all the blood of holy men which had been shed since the days of Abel, for they possessed the same spirit and are seeking to do the same work with these murderers of the prophets. As lawlessness builds and lawbreakers abound, God's true people will study how they can better keep God's law. They will see their slowness in obeying him and abandon their lackadaisical ways, becoming fervent and earnest and, and committed to the truth. They will plead for the Holy Spirit to fill them with full of his righteousness. Then they will separate completely from lawlessness and lawbreakers, and Jesus can leave the sanctuary in heaven and deliver his people who cry to him day and night. Consider this. An article published in many news outlets, it is being reported, almost nonchalantly, that there is going to be food shortages ahead. Listen. In Washington State's new warehouse, there is enough 
Jif peanut butter to make nearly three million sandwiches. Barilla pasta boxes stretched to the ceiling, one hundred thousand in all. Large stacks of treetop applesauce, pancake mix, and canned beans sit on pallets like soldiers waiting to be sent into duty. Since the coronavirus first rocked Washington on in March, nonprofits and state agencies working in food assistance have been forced to draw a completely new roadmap. For getting food to people who need it, the warehouse in Fife is part of that new model. After seeing food banks struggle to meet demand once the pandemic hit and the economy tanked, the Washington State Department of Agriculture began preparing to buy and stockpile tons of food. To ward off a shortage in the months ahead, so food shortages are in our future, and the state of Washington is trying to prepare with at least survival food. The Bible gives us examples of food shortages and famine. Think about the time of Ahab. The Phoenician religion of Jezebel was being forced on the people with all of its perverted rites and practices. Her policies included prostitution and homosexuality, among many other deviant practices, something like the policies of the state of California and other states and nations today. But the worst thing that offended God was that Jezebel hunted down and murdered the prophets of the Lord. That is coming to America. Those that keep God's law and are loyal to Him will be targeted for destruction. So God sent a famine to awaken the people and appeal to them to return to God. And it was effective, and there's a good reason for Washington State's hoard. The new stockpile is driven by two factors: a nearly doubling in demand for food assistance across the state, and national food supply chain that is bogged down amid an overwhelming surge in demand. So while food can be grown, it may not make it through the supply chain. The supply chain is made up of carefully calibrated networks of organizations to bring just-in-time products to the shelves in your local stores. These have been upended by the virus as factories and processing centers have been forced to shut down because of a viral outbreak that has punctured a hole in the supply chain. By the way. This has happened in many industries, and we may be short of many things in time. But food is critical, and therefore the food supply infrastructure is critical infrastructure. The recession's long tail could worsen food insecurity for years to come. The state of the economy is. 
becoming more and more tumultuous as the storm clouds continue to build and economists are sounding the alarm. Friends, that's why God counsels us to plant gardens and orchards. You can only do that in the country. Mostly. I'll read on. As many as 2.2 million Washingtonians, about 30% of the state's population, are facing food insecurity, according to Katie Raines, WSDA Food Policy Advisor. That's more than double the 850,000 state residents who sought help from the food assistance programs last November, before the pandemic. We've been in this very desperate situation starting toward the end of March, said WSDA Director Derek Sanderson. This warehouse is a continuation of our efforts to make sure that we have fusions of products that will help us to continue to weather the storm. The storm took hold in mid-April, Sanderson said during a tour of the warehouse on Friday. That's when the state's three main food bank distributors, the Food Lifeline, Northwest Harvest, and Second Harvest, told the WSDA that based on the spike in requests for food assistance, the organizations had roughly a two-week supply of food for hunger relief. We went into panic mode, Sanderson said. That's not an exaggeration. So we jumped in with both feet and started active procurement on our end. But as the WSDA was trying to buy as much non-perishable food as it could to increase the state's emergency reserves, so was everyone else. Not only was the WSDA competing with other states and large national food assistance programs, it also faced competition from grocery stores as national supply of products such as pasta and peanut butter were becoming increasingly hard to come by. So every state, or at least many states, are looking to do the same thing. Probably many countries are doing it too. Peanut butter was a very highly wanted and needed commodity, said Gary Newt, sourcing and product director for Northwest Harvest. Peanut butter prices have probably tripled in the last three to four months. These high costs are having significant effects on the big food bank distributors' bottom line. With the food reserve in place, rather than having to wait up to three months for a new shipment of pasta to come in, Sanderson said, the warehouse will be able to supply distributors like Northwest Harvest with the product they need in 24 to 48 hours. The new food reserve is a cushion against whatever supply chain upheavals or demand spikes that lie ahead, Reynolds said. 
Reynolds and others worry about an increase in demand with the expiration of enhanced federal unemployment benefits at the end of July. Some food banks are already reporting an increase in visitors, Rain said. The need is so high across the state, Newt said, that even as we have ebbs and flows, there's already a need for everything that's in that warehouse. That will only last so long, and not very long. If further declines in food chain shipments occur, these warehouses will become empty and the food crisis will worsen. We are in a precarious position. With unemployment at an all-time high, and it will be a long time before employment comes back again, the demand on food banks will also be at an all-time high, putting enormous demand on the system. A storm is coming that will tear society apart, not just fray around the edges. Each of us need to seek the Lord and prepare for what is coming. Get out of the cities and warn your friends to get out of the cities too. Be like Lot. Don't worry about the ridicule. Just tell them what is coming. You will be accused of being an alarmist, but don't worry about that. Let's think about the economy for a minute. Nations around the world have borrowed trillions of dollars, or euros, or whatever currency, to stave off the effect of the economic shock that the COVID-19 viruses imposed on the economy, including job losses and the shuttering of businesses. It has been devastating to families everywhere. But it's going to get worse as subsidies and government support come to an end. And the more the government borrows, the less the money is worth, which translates into inflation of prices. Food, large white goods, vehicles, building supplies, and more are going up in price faster than you can imagine. In fact, we could see huge price increases in the next few months. People are going to default on their loans and credit cards. It will be worse than 2008. The default deluge is going to be big and painful. People are already struggling to put food on the table. People will behave quite differently when confronted with the plethora of crisis described here. And they won't care much what happens to the Constitution so long as they have a little peace and safety. The Constitution is has already taken a big hit. Just think about the damage to the U.S. Constitution and to society that has occurred in, t- in recent times. It has been frightening. A major social earthquake has shaken these things tremendously. Here is a list of the things that have happened in the last year. Many of them have been a feature of what is happening in many countries. Think about your country and count up each of the items that apply. First, 
The media pushes a narrative that really can't be trusted to tell the truth, and that's on either side, left or right. They sow confusion. It's the old King of the North and King of the South controversy. It's a Hegelian dialectic, but what's more sinister is the fact that it is leading to where our constitutional rights and religious freedoms will be indefinitely suspended during a national emergency. This is preparatory to suspending them altogether, for national emergencies now follow one another in rapid succession, and they're growing, and now they're global. Second, huge social media companies have a bias and restrict and deplatform with impunity most accounts that challenge their prevailing views. This allows only one-sided views to be aired and restricts the free exchange of ideas. No society is truly free if freedom of speech is not in place. Third, people who dissent from the main line of reasoning are demonized in the media and they have the worst possible motives ascribed to them, such as they are part of a hate group, they are anti-gay or racist. This causes people to abhor them and truly hate them. You can see how this tactic can be used against God's people. People are getting used to responding to this demonization with increasing violence. Fourth, people are encouraged to call hotlines and report to authorities those who think they are not in compliance with lockdowns and other mandates from officials. This creates fear and distrust of neighbors and friends in society. This was a key feature of the Inquisition and is now being promoted in modern society and will be with us a very long time. Fifth, track and trace apps for your mobile phone are able to monitor movements of large segments of the population, which gives authorities unparalleled and extraordinary surveillance over the population along with other apps and features of smartphones it is a further intrusion of privacy and is unconstitutional in the usa and other nations but that doesn't matter to the bureaucrats or in politicians when the remnant are hated and demonized authorities can easily find out your contacts and trace your connections with anyone you are associated with. Even if you no longer have your phone, they can still look at your history and learn very much about you and your associates. Sixth, the state is used to forcefully destroy families and their income, including the shuttering of their businesses and removing their children. Think, for example, of florists, photographers, and bakers that refused to serve gay weddings. The confiscation of children in homeschools as well, right out from under their family's protection and care. Seventh, closure of churches. 
worship centers, and evangelism meetings indefinitely with fines and even threatened imprisonment for violations. In some places, this even included drive-in worships. Eighth, truth is treated as lies and hate speech, and those promoting it are banned from public discourse. And remember, we still have in place the key principles used to prosecute terrorists, such as torture in secret prisons, trial by tribunal, not by a jury of peers, indefinite detention, pervasive surveillance, and other abuses that can be resurrected and used when needed. Friends, we are there. Here's a statement from Testimonies for the Church, Volume 8, page 315. A storm is coming, relentless in its, in its fury. Are we prepared to meet it? We need not say the perils of the last days are soon to come upon us. Already they have come. We need now the sword of the Lord to cut to the very soul and marrow of fleshly lusts, appetites, and passions. As society frays and people become desperate, they will see that the judgments of God are grievous and demand that everybody get back to church. The stage is being set, or it is set already, my friends. The global COVID-19 pandemic is a national emergency just suited for end-time prophecy. Expect global solutions as well as national ones. When enough emergencies and disasters have happened, extreme national stress will lead to national Sunday laws decreed or enacted by the second beast of Revelation 13. This opens the way for an international Sunday law promulgated by the papacy to be introduced. And this will lead to the nations acquiescing to a global or universal Sunday law and its corresponding death penalty. Don't wait any longer to learn of Jesus and surrender to his love and specifically learn from him how you may overcome temptation. Follow his directions for everything in your lifestyle and personal life. Seek him with all your heart. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we are amazed to see the current developments in our society. Unbelievable developments. We sense that these problems are a result of the sins that have caused you to gradually withdraw your protection from the world. Oh, Father, please convert us. Cause us to walk in your ways and live by your laws. May we live righteously in your sight and be a blessing to those around us. But most of all, make us ready for the latter rain and heaven. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
We hope you have been greatly blessed by this month's message. Your prayers and gifts mean much to us. Thank you for your support. The song you have just heard is called He Hideth My Soul, played by Henry Higgins. It is recorded on a CD with other beautiful hymns called Day by Day. 
If you would like a copy of the CD, just send $16 postpaid to U.S. addresses to cover the cost, and we will send you one. Please mention the day-by-day CD. Other international listeners should send $20 USD. The following is our monthly prophetic intelligence briefing, a feature that brings you current events in the light of prophecy, especially for those who love the appearing of Jesus Christ. We can see the signs of of the times telling us that we are nearing the world's great crisis. May the Lord find us faithful. Our first item this month... 179 NYPD officers reportedly retire in one week amid crime surge and tension with Mayor de Blasio. New York Police Department officers are retiring at a staggering rate amid a crime surge in the city and growing tensions with Democratic New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, The Hill reported Thursday. In the last week, 179 NYPD officers have filed for retirement, which marks a 411% increase from 2019's 35, according to The Hill. The retirements follow violent riots that roiled the city. De Blasio's decision to slash the NYPD budget and the decision to disband the anti-crime unit soon after the unit's 600 plainclothes officers were reassigned to new roles, shootings in the city surged by more than 358% in mid-June. The protest began the week of May 25th, the day George Floyd died after a Minneapolis police officer knelt on his neck for several minutes. Since that date, 503 NYPD officers have filed for retirement, a 75% increase from the 287 a year prior. Quote, While the decision to retire is a personal one and can be attributed to a range of factors, it is a troubling trend that we are closely monitoring. NYPD Sergeant Mary Frances O'Donnell a spokesperson for the NYPD deputy commissioner, told CNN. O'Donnell told CNN that when someone retires, the pension section sends a notice of who filed for retirement. What is usually a page or two at the most has become six pages of notices. Quote, of course cops are retiring at a higher rate, Chris Monahan, president of the Captain's Endowment Association, told CNN. We've been abandoned by the NYPD and elected officials. Quote, we are living in the midst of an epidemic of crime, at which thoughtful, God-fearing men everywhere stand aghast. The corruption that prevails, it is beyond the power of the human pen to describe. Every day brings fresh revelations of political strife, bribery, and fraud. Every day brings its heart-sickening record of violence and lawlessness, of indifference to human suffering, of brutal, fiendish destruction of human life. Every day testifies to the increase of insanity, murder, and suicide. Who can doubt that satanic agencies are at work among men with increasing activity to distract and corrupt the mind and defile and destroy the body? Ministry of Healing, page 142, paragraph 4. Next, the anti-religion animus behind statue toppling. The smashing of religious statues is all the rage. While the extent of the vandalism is new, The ideological forces that unleashed it started a generation ago. If there was one date that marks the beginning of this crusade, it is January 15, 1987. That was the day when Reverend Jesse Jackson 
marched with hundreds of protesters on the campus of Stanford University screaming, Hey, hey, ho, ho, Western Civ has got to go. They were protesting a humanities program known as Western Culture. The demonstrators insisted it must be shelved, claiming it lacked diversity. The multicultural assault on Western civilization has only gotten worse. Pope Benedict XVI noted that this politicization of higher education has led, quote, a peculiar Western self-hatred that is nothing short of pathological. Now it is in full throttle, and the result is in the street. It is impossible to attack Western civilization without attacking its Judeo-Christian heritage. The left knows this, and it is this hatred that is animating this activism. The mob has been very busy as of late. Sean King wants all statues of Jesus and Mary taken down. Though this black activist does not teach at Harvard Law School, he has been granted office space there to promote his agenda. Jesus and his European mother, as he likes to say, represent a gross form of white supremacy. Ironically, King's birth certificate identifies his father as white, a fact that has not gone down well with his open-minded friends at Black Lives Matter. Protesters in St. Louis don't like the city's namesake and want it removed. Imagine if they lived in Corpus Christi. Swastikas and anti-Catholic scribbling was found on the graves of multiple Dominican friars. Their headstones are located on the campus of Providence College. Statues of St. Junipero Serra, who championed Indian rights, have been toppled in both Los Angeles and San Francisco. The mob is also going after non-Catholics. Salinas, California is mandating that an evangelical church sell its property, arguing that it doesn't fit with the town's new look. A memorial fountain in Santa Rosa dedicated to survivors of the Holocaust was partially destroyed a few weeks ago. A statue of Brigham Young was vandalized on the university campus that is named after the leader of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. In Montana, a man attached a chain to his pickup truck and pulled down a Ten Commandments monument, leaving what was left of it on the street. The mob is comprised of nihilists. Unlike the Marxist of old, who had a blueprint for the future, flawed though it was, today's activists just want to tear down. Most of them cannot seriously endorse communism anymore, though Black Lives Matter still does, and they cannot point to Eastern civilization as worthy of emulation. Having no ideology or cultural model to offer, they settle for destroying our Judeo-Christian heritage. None of this is inevitable. It happens because, with few exceptions, our spineless elites are capitulating to their demands all across the country. Make no mistake about it, they would stand up to white supremacists, which they should, but they will not stand up to these left-wing anarchists. Many of these decision-makers are simply cowards, but not all of them. Some are literally cheering the nihilist on. In a free society, if people don't police themselves, the police will do it for them. And if the police are enfeebled, the result is mob rule. There really aren't too many choices. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my namesake. Matthew 24 verse 9 Next, Bank of England debating digital currency creation, Bailey says. The Bank of England is reviewing whether it should create a central bank-backed digital currency, according to Governor Andrew Bailey. Quote, We are looking at the question of, should we create a Bank of England digital currency? Bailey said Monday in a webinar event with students. We'll go on looking at it, 
as it does have huge implications on the nature of payments and society. I think in a few years' time, we will be heading toward some sort of digital currency, he added. The BOE is part of a group of major central banks teaming up to assess potentially developing their own digital currencies. Acknowledging their role is being challenged by new technologies and private sector initiatives such as Facebook Inc.'s Libra. It could be some time before the UK central bank is able to fully devote its attention to such a development, however. Quote, the digital currency issue will be a very big issue, Bailey said. I hope it is, because that means COVID will be behind us. Digital currency is a means of controlling the population. When implemented, it will be used to limit the buying and selling of those that run amok of the law, namely God's people who don't go along with the coming Sunday laws. Quote, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Revelation 13, verse 17. Next, Bozell, The Real Story of Black Lives Matter, Marxist Anti-Family Radicals. Black Lives Matter, the rallying cry is now endorsed by millions of people, not just in the United States, but around the world. Quote, by a 28-point margin, civics finds that a majority of American voters support the movement, according to the New York Times. My guess is that 99% of those supporting this group have no idea what it stands for. All you shopkeepers putting signs in your stores, you school teachers programming your students to lock arms, you men and women of the cloth preaching about morality, you civic leaders urging community action and political leaders demanding legislative remedies, you give ignorant pawns a bad rap. Black Lives Matter was founded by radical extremists who are perfectly pleased with the rioting, looting, vandalism, and violence that have plagued our cities for the past several weeks. It's what violent revolutionaries do. Do I exaggerate? Two of the three founders are self-described, quote, trained Marxists. Co-founder Patrice Coolers told Cosmos that Asada Shakur is one of the leaders who inspired her. Shakur's real name is Joanne Kessimard, and she is wanted by the FBI as a, quote, domestic terrorist for murdering a police officer, escaping prison, and hiding out in Cuba for decades. One of the board of directors for the leftist group Thousand Currents, which handles donations to Black Lives Matter, is a convicted terrorist. She was pardoned by President Bill Clinton. They live their beliefs. Sorry, you spoiled, white, privileged, nameless, faceless, cowardly fools. BLM supports the destruction of America, and you've endorsed it. And they're laughing at you. Greater New York Black Lives Matter President Hawk Newsom warned that, quote, if this country doesn't give us what we want, then we will burn down this system and replace it. He claimed it a matter of interpretation, whether he was speaking figuratively or literally. It's a blatant threat. No one at BLM denounced him. Black Lives Matter rioters have attacked statues and attempted to destroy monuments across America that project racism. But they're also attacking those who fought against slavery. The mob is attempting to damage the iconic Lincoln Memorial. It wants a statue honoring Ulysses S. Grant removed. There's more. They're out to destroy the monument to the 54th Massachusetts Regiment, the African-American unit portrayed in the movie Glory. The latest target is the Emancipation Memorial, a D.C. statue depicting a freed slave in front of President Abraham Lincoln. The statue was unveiled in 1876 
to commemorate the Emancipation Proclamation and was funded by actual freed slaves. Those black lives don't matter to Black Lives Matter. They're also trying to destroy a World War II memorial. Somehow, our nation's victorious struggle to defeat Nazism is an exercise in racism. Listen up, all you Christian leaders kneeling in prayer, while you're sermonizing about the need to show support for their movement, BLM leaders are sermonizing about destroying yours. BLM activist Sean King wants symbols of your religion eradicated. Quote, Yes, I think the statues of the white European they claim is Jesus should also come down. He tweeted, They are a form of white supremacy, always have been. BLM hasn't denounced him, and you're enabling him. Amazon, Netflix, GoFundMe, Chick-fil-A, all you corporations sending millions and tripping over yourselves to be one with the crowd. Do any of you know how to read? You should be held legally accountable for their destruction given it's made possible by the money you've provided. Black Lives Matter doesn't hide its radical positions. They are listed right on its website, who they are and what they believe. It's right there in the open. Are their beliefs yours too? Since you're endorsing BLM, I dare you to urge your shareholders and customers to read what's on their website. Quote, Two of three Black Lives Matter founders identify as queer, according to ABC News. The BLM position reflect that, claiming to foster a queer-affirming network and opposing the tight grip of heteronormative thinking. The organization vows to do the work required to dismantle cisgendered privilege. That's all leftist code for anti-family agenda. But the organization gets more specific. Quote, We disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement. They want extended families and villages to raise your children. It takes a village, not parents. The group's website proudly proclaims, quote, This is the revolution. And that's precisely what it is, a cultural revolution. These are Marxists following the Maoist playbook in China during the late 60s and early 70s. The Maoist revolutionaries vandalized temples, tore down statues, and destroyed artifacts. The opposition was marched to re-education camps. The Tibet Journal detailed the account of one Lama who saw Marxism up close. The account described how Chinese Marxists, quote, put themselves into a position of monopolizing truth and how it is sought. That is terrifyingly similar to what we are experiencing now. It is not the alleged symbols of racism Black Lives Matters once destroyed. It's America. Quote, at the same time, anarchy is seeking to sweep away all law not only divine, but human. The centralizing of wealth and power. The vast combinations for the enriching of the few at the expense of the many. The combinations of the poorer classes for the defense of their interest and claims. The spirit of unrest, of riot and bloodshed. The worldwide dissemination of the same teachings that led to the French Revolution. All are tending to involve the whole world in a struggle similar to that which convulsed France. Education, page 228, paragraph 2. Unfortunately, our time is up. Remember, there are more prophetic intelligence briefings on our website at ktfnews.com. It's been a great pleasure to spend this time with you. I hope you have been encouraged to live for Jesus, for we are near the end. Remember that God has a plan for your life and that right now you can make a new start with Jesus. Thank you for your prayers and support. And until next time, may God bless and keep you and your family in His loving and protecting care.
keep the faith.